probably recognize Dhruv Sagar from the incredibly popular show Little Things. He's a writer, director, and actor who lives and works out of Bombay. Today, Dhruv is in conversation with us about what space means to him. And we start with his most sacred space, his writing desk. Hear him describe it for us. This is a desk that I got from a second-hand furniture market. The area is called Oshiwara. But the, they, they built a, or they sort of, the train has started to stop at Oshivar a few years back. There was no station. Now it's called Ramandir uh, station. But that not being the point here. So this is a table from a secondhand furniture market. He told me it's 40 years old and uh, it's teak wood. I don't think uh, the 40th thing is true, but it yeah, it could be teak wood. Um, so this is the table from there. On top of this uh, is a sort of a desk with an incline, like how you see in government offices. And this belongs to my father. This was his last, uh, or this is his last uh, desk that he used to work uh, on. He he was um, he worked at the Ministry of External Affairs. So he was in Belgium in his last posting, and this was the this was his writing desk. So on top of a desk, there's another desk. Um, and I just got it painted, and I thought uh, I should not, I should not let this go go to waste. I should always write on my father's desk. Yeah, so that's the space that I'm working on. Um, and one place which which gives me comfort uh, uh, without any sense of worry. It's actually not a place, but it's it's the and it, this could be many places as such. But you know, the uh, being the first one to enter a cafe early in the morning. Uh, when the tables are still being cleaned and the, the 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 barista is still tasting the espresso in order to dial the grind setting for the day, uh, that I I really really like that when you're the first one to arrive and you just you you're not just seeing the cafe uh, being ready you're you're in in a way your mind is also getting ready for the day the world you see you'll see some school buses you'll see people going to work you'll see uh, people coming back from work the ones who had late night shift um i like that i like that and um yeah it's one of those few times when i, I don't even think about picking up my phone because to go on instagram or any social media or any any website at 7 a.m or 8 a.m in the morning feels rather odd i really like um i really like that when the world is just about to uh wake up for the day that that that's a good space to be in, I guess. You feel like you're in no rush, and in a way, it's, it feels like time doesn't exist yet. Um, it's 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 ticking. Yeah. Are you strict with the kind of space you work out of? Like you need the light to be a certain way, you need your chair to be a certain way, and you have to have like some seven types of pens around you, or like you could just be anywhere, and as long as you have an idea, you can just write. No, I wish I was that person. I wish I was so uh, accommodating as a person when it comes to my space. Uh, but no, man, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very anal about my space. I, I need to have Uniball Air uh, as my go-to pen at all times. And I buy so many pens, but yet I keep, write, I keep writing with the same pen. It's that black one, I have a blue one. Um, I've tried ink pens, I've tried Lamy, I've tried uh, pens from... Muji, but I keep going back to my pen and I, I have these two diaries. One is moleskin. The other one is a ripoff of moleskin. But yeah, I need my I need my diary. And um, yeah, I need my lamp also. I have a portable lamp that I carry with me when I'm traveling. 
and my latest purchase which my partner thinks uh, is is a complete waste of money is a portable air diffuser from Muji so that when i'm writing in a in a hotel room or uh, wherever i'm traveling i can just switch that on and fill the room <laughs> with cedarwood smell or neem tree or yeah whatever uh, whatever exactly the one you're talking about <laughs> yeah you know exactly right yeah and she kept saying that, no offense to people who i don't think anybody's listening to this in china but you know my partner kept saying it's made in china it's 4000 bucks are you sure you want to use it are you sure you want to buy it i'm like no no i think i need it it'll help me get me to the zone and uh, yeah so that's been my latest uh, eccentric purchase to uh, to to carve my space how is your relationship with space changed ever since you uh, moved from delhi to mumbai so delhi has always been transient because my parents were in external affairs like i said so we kept moving from one country to another and the the, the uh, delhi was always the place where we would just take a pause not exactly a pause i don't think you can take a pause in delhi but uh, the delhi was always the place where we would uh, hang around for two three years and then move to another country then again two years in delhi then again we move so um that way it's never been very concrete though i feel now my relationship with delhi has totally changed um ever since the air quality has gone down and i think something happened inside me when uh, the nirbhaya case happened it 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 just totally changed till then i was able to romanticize the city i was able to go on these beautiful dates but now i um, i i don't do that anymore in delhi uh whereas uh bombay has been very very fascinating um uh, it started off with being such a big city you know you're you're always lost in a way but due to my work due to my relationship with my work and my writing i think i found a space not just with the city but with my own self and that has helped me find a relationship a former relationship with the city you know i go on, i go for a lot of these uh walks across bombay in fact um i go for a lot of these food festivals i go for a lot of these conversations about the city about the history uh about the uh, of the city so that ways as i'm finding myself through my work i'm also falling in love with the city and i find it to be incredibly amazing and cosmopolitan and uh, beautiful as a city now did you um while you were i guess moving around a lot in your childhood i would imagine um your sense of home did that change a lot or did you always feel a little unsettled in in hindsight now i realize that i always felt a little unsettled because your sense of home is not physical and at that point i mean at least i didn't have that sort of an awareness my sense of home came from my friends and my family right um and actually for us for our generation it's a little weird because as we were growing up technology kept getting advanced and advanced so my friends who i thought i would lose in touch with became uh friends that i maintained in touch with so this idea of home became slightly more fluid so even when i was studying in london i was still talking to my friends back in delhi right so things started changing but uh this sense of uh space or the sense of home uh that sort of kind of got formulated when i started finding when i started having a relationship with my own self you know and then i realized that home is nothing but a space within your own self or your relationship with yourself and being in london enabled me you know uh, because i um, because when i used to go to school i used to take the public transport and sometimes the bus is not on time so you would walk so in london i spent a lot of time walking and that sort of helped me develop a relationship with myself and uh, so it became less about the physical space it became more about uh, 
the relationship that you have with yourself and i think even when i was not a writer and i don't think writer means you have to put your pen uh, put your thoughts on paper writer in in, in your head you know i wasn't uh, so when i even when i wasn't physically writing i just feel that was when i was um yeah that that's when i was my being was sort of being formulated you know in a way it felt like um, i don't know if this makes sense but it felt like puberty 2.0 you know at that time <laughs> um you know talking of walking and public spaces i'm just reminded of the last thing that you made and put out in the world which is i love thani um and in that i guess saiba and parth they meet while they're designing this public space you know in the suburbs of bombay um did you find these characters sitting on a park bench or do you enjoy people watching uh hey i don't enjoy people watching because uh... in bombay i don't think you can people watch people <laughs> people are always rushing you know so people enjoying becomes a very uh, i mean it ends up giving you fatigue in a way it's not relaxing uh, but when i go to other places like kerala or somewhere in himachal or goa that's where you can really have a good time people watching so no those characters didn't come from any anything like that a close friend of mine is a landscape designer so i think uh, me visiting few of his sites and me hearing some of his stories uh played a role and uh, because i've always been a suburban boy you know in delhi i live in vikaspuri which is like as suburban as it can get i read a lot of american suburban literature it's my favorite genre and i live here in andheri which is again a suburb right so i've always been fascinated by suburban lives um and particularly bombay suburban lives i find it to be full of grace in comparison in comparatively you know so for the path for path's character and the decision to choose thane was to just explore suburban life of bombay and not just uh, so called the pretty so called pretty bombay which is bandra or say the town an interesting theme in dhruv's writing is his visualization of places that are seemingly normal and unglamorous he has a unique way of making the mundane feel warm and desirable and so you can kind of have the power to build that aura of a place you know like that hasn't originally been uh, let's say written about in a certain way how do you do it maybe in the same way i think about characters you know uh, to 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 uh, to humanize them and not to see them through this so called postcard or fridge magnet lens to see the different layers of it to see the uh, city through its history and not through its uh, bhopal means sorry indore means uh, poha or uh, jaipur means pyaaz ka chori you know uh, but to see it from a point of view of an outsider and an insider and to see it from a point of view i guess from uh, from point of view of memories also you know personal memories and what does that mean and the relationship that human beings have with the place so uh, I think it's it's. It, I mean, I guess to be the way to put it is to to see it through an invisible lens, you know, not to see it just from a visible lens, because that is anyway going to be present in a visual medium. So, what is this invisibleness that you can bring? Um, like an example of this is in Isle of Thane. Um, uh, I wanted to hear uh the bells of cycles, you know, so that became part of a design and even visual language that you would see cycles, so that you could keep hearing bells. and when you hear a bell of a cycle in my head at least to me 
it always gave you a sense of childhood and it gave you a sense of nostalgia it gave you a sense of a place which is which still has a leg in its 90s you know sort of um yeah so to see the city through an invisible lens because because it's it's um it's more full you know uh, than the visible lens yeah bombay's busy trains vada pav people financial market bollywood but there's also marine life in juhu if you walk um, and that's kind of amazing and leopards in sanjay gandhi national park absolutely it's the only city which has a forest and there are leopards you know the leopards like these are leopards that we are talking about and, uh, and there's an adivasi community which lives in one of the busiest and the most populated cities in the world and how can uh, how can that go unnoticed what, what, what if if you're making a film about delhi then i wouldn't shoot it in uh, say chandni chowk or you would do something but not exactly just show chandni chowk or you won't show rajpath or you won't show uh, i don't know horse cast golgappa competition <laughs> or a golgappa competition or a punjabi wedding you know you won't show a jagran so what is left you know and then that that really pushes you into a more deeper and a more inner experience of delhi you know maybe there is still one cable operator cable guy who's operating cable tv you know and then it becomes about what is what is a middle class home in delhi watch what what do they watch on tv you know and then through that you can open different different uh, different spaces right uh, maybe power grids in delhi and how our consumption of electricity has gone up and what does that say so i'm saying that you know there are so many aspects to a city that to limit it to this again to this postcard postcardization of it feels rather lazy so what are some ways in your opinion that we can embrace a place in an unbiased way if you were let's say dropped in a random part of the world and you just had to sort of like figure it out what would you do yeah i think you know it it's important that uh, instead of it being a stimulation for just your mind there needs to be a then there need to be different kind of stimulations you know it, it shouldn't just be a mental activity like for me the reason for me to go to thane was not uh, i love thane uh, the film for me to go to thane was because i knew of this restaurant called mh09 shetkari shetkari stands for farmers in marathi i know of this restaurant and i'm like okay i need to eat food from there and there was a decathlon which is now spread all across bombay um so then there needs to be this sort of a personal reason to explore the city otherwise it becomes otherwise you become a tourist in your own city you know you do an activity you do a pottery class and then you just come back and then for 6 months you don't do anything exciting and then you blame the city for not having anything so if there, there needs to be uh, there needs to be a personal reason to explore you know it could be food it could be architecture it could be religion it could be x y z so find your personal reason uh, to explore a city and maybe explore the city through your personal reason and then be open then be open to kind of uh, be challenged then be open to kind of um be open to be surprised you know pretty much like how i guess anthony bodin explores a place you 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 need to be challenged you need to be proved wrong you need to be amazed but all that is only possible if you are open minded i also realized mid conversation that dhruv's first show little things is a great example of understanding shared space between two people who love each other 
and eventually learn to carve out their own little corner within that shared space. So much of that story revolves around Ruben Kavya sharing space and navigating, you know, the ups and downs of shared space. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about your own experience with that and how you've made peace with sharing space, if at all you've made peace with sharing space. Now I think I have because I have to share my space not just with my partner but also with my cat, and uh, it's so strange, you know, that uh, and our cat is an in and out cat. But when the cat is in there at home, the house feels bigger, and the cat is barely like what? Actually, cat is a cat, right? Not a big creature as such. So it's fascinating how the house seems to shrink when the cat comes. Maybe it becomes cozier. That is also one way to look at it. But uh, in 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 terms of space, in the way that you've asked, I I I took a long time because I'm also a writer, right? So and. What do you ask for as a writer? You need your own space. You need your own isolation. You need your own uh, solitude. And even if that doesn't mean uh, you'll be able to write, but it means that it is a requirement. And to not have that seems like a big. Uh, it seems like a big problem. And uh, yeah, so in fact, when my partner moved in, I used to sleep on a single bed, and I, all my life I had slept on a single bed. So when she moved in with me, uh, and my bed was being taken away and this was the bed that I slept on for like good seven, eight years. And this pepper fry guys were coming inside with a double bed. I actually got anxiety. I'm like, what the hell am I, uh, am I giving something uh, sacred? You know, am I giving something more? And this is not about love or anything, but you know, to give your personal space for a writer feels like it, it feels, uh, at times it feels like a sacrifice, you know, um, so yeah, it took me a long time, and not just for me. It, it took my partner also a long time, and she, but she's more solution oriented because um, she's smart like that. And uh, so yeah, in a one BHK in Bombay, she was like, "Let's make a chick." You know, those just in Delhi, me chicks hoti hai. I don't know, patla patla dandi wala. So uh-huh. she, uh, we can divide it, you know, and uh, we can have a division. And when this chick is down, it means you are working, and I won't. Uh, interfere in your space uh, so we, we found few more solutions like that but uh, having said that we have three cupboards in our in our in our uh, home one and a half is hers uh, the other half is of the house linen and I share my cupboard with my cat and she has the stuff there and she sleeps on my clothes yeah there's the space that one shares with an animal is totally different from the space that one shares with their partner family colleagues and self also you know and the world this space that one shares with the with with a pet is so much, and I, I'm gonna talk in cliches, but screw it. It's because it's the truth. It's so much. It's so much. I don't know, man. It's so much. Uh, I don't want to use the word. It's selfless. It's it's purer, or it's there's lack of there's no ego involved. But it's it's I don't know what it is. It's a very different kind of a space, you know. Um, it's almost like you are part of a fairy tale, you know. It's almost like you are in some sort of a wonderland where, where you're imagining things. Where you're, it's actually like going back in time as a child. You know, you feel like you're playing always. Does your cat know when you're upset? We feel she does because she stops asking for food, for food. <laughs> no, with my dog, you can't feign it. Like you can't, I say, pretend to be upset. upset. Like 
you know, yeah. expect you to come and be nice to you. But on days when you're feeling the lowest, yeah. I don't know how, but she just knows. And you'd probably just even avoid her or something. Yeah. Uh, so, so my dog actually. So she will just know and she'll come and curl up next to you. And it's just this unsaid um, understanding. Yeah. This makes everything better. And the next morning, I'm just so grateful for her. Yeah, exactly. You know, like uh, I suffer from horrible anxiety or I used to till, till, till recently. And I told my therapist that, you know, actually the best therapist that I've had in my life is the cat because I've never felt better uh, than I did after she came into my life. And she actually cured me. Uh, and my therapist said, you know, there's a very high chance that she will remain the best therapist in your life because they do this thing called NJT, which is non-judgmental therapy. Um so they just take off this idea of uh, mirror because whenever I'm talking, say I'm talking to you, there's always this idea of self that I can sort of, that bounces back, right? There's this sense of echo. But with animals, that just goes away. What keeps you inspired, Dhruv? Yeah, uh, food, um, literature, uh, shit tons of literature, um, writing my own writing because it feels like uh, playing table tennis with yourself so that keeps me inspired having uh, good company around me that that inspires me and living in uh, living in bombay i think is also inspiring to me i i really enjoy it um, and daydreaming about places that places and experience that i will have keeps me inspired and music yeah what keeps me inspired is an act of learning, you know, sometimes conscious and sometimes not so conscious. Uh, but this act of learning, which gives you a sense of growth, uh, uh, growth, not not in that moment, but growth, uh, say, ke matlab, you feel a sense of growth during a, in a, during a quiet afternoon or one of those moments, you know, that there is this growth happening in life that keeps you inspired. But you can't actively chase growth, growth like that, because then it becomes uh, an act of ego. So, yeah, this, this very, uh, it's very elusive, this feeling of being inspired, which comes from learning, I feel. When you are inspired by anything, um, do you approach it from a place of love or curiosity? It's, it's, it's a bang in the middle of it, you know. I can't get inspired if I'm not in love with that thing. And I can't fall in love if I'm not curious about it. So it's 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 right. It's it's bang in the middle. It's like a complete mix of the two. Writing is such an isolating job. Um, and I, this is from the assumption that you mostly identify as a writer. But uh, what do you do to sort of, uh, you know, keep yourself around people or, or make it less isolating? Or do you enjoy that isolation? I crib about it, but I love it so much. I um, no, I enjoy it. I I really, really do because my temperament matches the temperament that is required to be a writer. You know, uh, even if you are a script writer and not a writer, uh, not, not a writer, writer like that, not an author. Um, I I really enjoy the I really enjoy the lifestyle of a writer. Um, or yeah, a script writer, I would say. Uh, it also helps you uh, engage better in conversations, I feel, uh, because you feel like more present. 
or the opposite also happens you you tend to not follow conversations and you tend to zone out faster but that depends on the conversation and the moment and your own mental state uh, and the person you're having a conversation with uh, for me uh, to to be able to uh, work with a lot of people at all at at, at most times of the or most days of the month is not a sustainable uh, way of living because it takes too much out of me so you need to find a profession which is also sustainable and i think writing is that i think i can do this for the rest of my life and but i don't think i can be a director for 300 days out of 365 i don't think that's sustainable for me so yeah this 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 keeps me going in a very in a very nice and easy smooth way dhruv was kind enough to share a new unreleased piece of work with us a deeply personal note that illustrates the life of his family in the form of a floor plan inspired by a recent visit to his grandmother's home yeah it uh, so i mean it was an instagram post to be very honest and it was the it, this was the first time i went back to my nani's house after she had passed away and i went to stay with my grandfather so in a way i was discovering him for the first time because I don't know why, but this idea of nani always takes over any other relative, you know. Sometimes of even your own parents. Uh, so I, I I noticed my grandfather, you know, uh, in an in a in a in a in this new light which I hadn't seen him before, and this whole then I and I started noticing the house, and then I started noticing the area, and I saw that how this place which was supposed to look very similar now looks very different, and. Uh, how us as 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 people you know with me and my cousins and my brother all of us were here together and all of us are spread across different parts of the world and i just felt that this is also a form of architecture you know lives personal lives and personal journeys are like architectures and if there could be a floor plan for our life what would that look like so that was the whole idea behind the video uh, and the reason why it's in punjabi is because my nani used to speak in punjabi and i have a big regret of not able to speak it or even uh, understand it so beautifully uh, so yeah it was just like this idea of yeah it's personal but it's also very it feels rather academic in a way that um, it's, it's about yeah it's about these mental maps that we have of our memories yeah like it's like a flow plan for memories in a way it feels like it sounds i sound very abstract and very borderline potential no, i love it i love it i love that there is a flow plan for memories or that like even that you're saying the relationships between you know your uh, relatives your cousins and all and how if that could be visualized as a building or like a piece of architecture that's absolutely amazing i remember this one professor of mine used to just say that some of his work he just never wanted to sell like some of his prints and things but i always felt like no like if it's done it's done like if it's go- if it's not mine anymore and just put it out there and let someone else have it but you feel a sense of attachment to the stuff you create yeah i guess it happens to so many people you know people who are in the business of creation or who are in this um not business but who are in this job of creation that uh, there's something which are very personal but uh, i guess it needs to come out in some form or the other not just this video but everything because uh i feel art has no meaning if it if it doesn't engage um so yeah it needs to come out but again at the not at the cost of 
anyone's discomfort not just the artist but uh the person who's uh taking in the work uh if that thing is happening then i think there needs to be a different conversation but yeah to engage with someone is a it's a very beautiful uh it's a very beautiful thing about being a human it's a human experience and art enables that that you can engage um so yeah i think uh, i think it it should come out till the time it's not uh till the time it's not malicious in its intent dhruv how do you want to be remembered nobody has ever asked me this question i have not even asked myself this question how do i want to be remembered uh or do you not want to be remembered no nothing like that i think everyone will everyone wants to be remembered but again i don't want to be remembered for uh, no i do want to be remembered for some of the stories that i've written or directed or made or acted in but uh, i'm i'm okay being remembered as someone who was curious and who always wanted to uh know the story or the history behind few things um that's good enough or maybe i just want to be remembered as someone who made that person a really nice stew or a really nice chicken curry or a really nice plate of rajma chawal i think that's also very a very beautiful form of memory uh to leave someone with a lingering taste of food you know i think that's a very uh, that's that's more beautiful than most ways of remembrance i guess if you were to just say like make a small little dent in this big dari that is let's say cinema or um the entertainment industry what would your dent be maybe the grit that uh, great work requires you know that and i think uh, we in india we have it too easy like we don't have a competition you know like you can write one decent show and almost feels like you've made it or you've got your it's an entry point but to keep it going to keep challenging yourself and not to settle and not to not to be busy with this creation of myth building about your own self and to keep it about work and to keep it about having a healthy relationship with your work and to want to be better um uh, as as an artist i think that's a that's a lesson that i hope to learn and live by and i hope uh, anyone who has worked with me will probably take from i guess do you have a ritual like something that you do daily um that grounds you or that makes you feel like yeah without this i can't function two things i uh, brewing coffee not drinking drinking it like not just like kuch bhi bana ke pee liya but this act of grinding your beans and brewing it and making a mental note or a physical note of what the coffee tasted like and how it was that that grounds me and reading you know and i don't mean that i have to read uh, every day for an hour if i don't read even for 15 minutes a day i feel my day has gone uh, i feel a day has been wasted um, it's okay if i don't write uh, but if i don't read even a page a day or even a paragraph a day i feel it's uh,